who makes the world? Perhaps the world is not made. Perhaps nothing is made. Perhaps it simply is, has been, will always be there. A Clock Without a Craftsman. Alan Moore from Watchmen. He's kind of crazy. She's a little insane. Keeping Kennedy really messes with his brain. One is divorced. The other's husband is dead. That's why it's so messed up in the head. It's a Silver Linings Playcast. Oh yeah. Hello everybody and welcome to the Silver Linings Playcast. As far as I know, it is the only podcast solely devoted to talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. We are back with some more fan fiction this week. Um, It's kind of a weird story. I think you might either like it, you might either hate it, or you might have no preference about it. I do think we have some interviews coming up. I've got those lined up. We just have to get those recorded, but I got three different couples that are ready to finally do some live guests answering questions and talk about some of my favorite parts of Silver Linux Playbook. So without further ado, let's get into this week's story. It was Labor Day weekend and the fair had come to town. It was Pat's favorite time during the fall. Pat, Danny, and Ronnie had gone to the fair every year together since they were 12. This was the first year that Ronnie was bringing his new girlfriend, Veronica. She was a year older than the boys, and she was mean. Pat and Danny didn't care too much for Veronica, but Ronnie was the first of them to have a girlfriend, so the other two boys might have actually just been jealous than more than actually just disliking her. I want to ride the vertigo, said Danny. Not for me, Pat replied. Don't be a chicken, said Danny. I want a stuffed bear, Veronica said as she turned to look at Ronnie, who grimaced when he saw the intensity in her eyes. No sweat, said Ronnie. They had stopped to grab some gas right outside the fairground. Pat had purchased a Coke cheaper than was available at the fair and pulled it out of his jean pocket, taking a swig. The crew was walking in when Pat first saw her. She was standing there in the ticket line. Her red lipstick and her suntan line were absolutely... Pat, Ronnie called. Hey, Pat. Coming, he said. Pat ran over to rejoin his friends. What you looking at over there, Patty boy? Asked Danny. She's killing me with that miniskirt, Pat told them. The group stopped in front of the midway booth where the fairgoers were attempting to throw small rings over a series of glass milk bottles. From the amount of rings throwers that were walking away prizeless, it seemed to the boys that the odds might not be in their favor. I got this, said Danny as he puffed up his chest, handing the operator a dollar. He took the three rings he was handed, and he held one up to his eye, carefully lining it up with the center milk bottle, which corresponded to the largest prize. There was a quick flick of his wrist. With a plink, the ceramic ring went bouncing off the side of the glass bottle. Let me try, said Ronnie. He took the second ring, and much like Danny, he carefully eyed the center target. Oh, so close, said the game attendant, as he re-racked the rings and started to swirl them around his finger, hoping to entice one of the boys to play again. I just about had it, said Ronnie. But you didn't, said Veronica. She stood there with crossed arms, and when her eyes met Ronnie's, 
He instinctively leaned over, pulled out his wallet, and fished out another dollar. Hey, Danny and I are going to go grab some grub, said Pat, as the two friends left the young couple. There was no lost in the, or were now lost in their own private universe. Funnel cakes, said Danny. The boys stuck their noses in the air and inhaled the powder sugar-covered fried goodness that was swirling in the deep fryers all around the park. I think I'm going to get some barbecue, said Pat. Okay, I'll meet you back here in five, said Danny. The two boys nodded and Danny chased his fried dough confections and Pat quested for a smoked brisket. The line of Pete's meats was long, however it moved quickly. Customers filed through like factory workers on an assembly line. Pat stood in line, looking at the menu board, imagining what kinds of smoked meat he would get. He could get the brisket, but he always got the brisket. Also, this might be his only chance to get his meal. Uh, so, he got to the counter. One brisket plate, Pat said meekly to the burly southern bearded gentleman who was ringing up the customers. Pat's food arrived, then he turned around. When all of a sudden there was a scream, his hands flew up in the air, and time slowed down to a standstill. Pat watched a tray of barbecue come raining down from the sky, slices of brisket rubbing barbecue on his white t-shirt. A sauce stain ran down from the collar to just above the center of the shirt. Danny ran up to him and tried to wipe off the mess. Pat. However, his friend was less concerned with the spilled barbecue sauce. Danny looked up to see Pat was staring behind him. His eyes were locked with a gorgeous set of blue eyes looking back at him. A young blonde girl, about the boy's age, stood behind them. She was restraining a small laugh as she watched the events played out. I, 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 Pat could hardly form the words. She didn't even let him finish fumbling his words before she reached up and wiped the barbecue sauce from Pat's face. Thank, thank you, Pat finally allowed his mouth to finish the sentence. I'm, I'm Pat Tiffany, said the girl. My name is Tiffany Maxwell. Pleased to meet you, Miss Maxwell. The two stood staring at each other, oblivious to the fairgoers around them. They both held their gaze for what seemed like an eternity. Hello, Pat, came a voice. It was Danny. He waved his hand in front of Pat's face, pulling him from his trance. All of a sudden, screams of distant passenger riders, passengers, of distant ride passengers, intensified, and all of a sudden the lines cleared. People were running like crazy. From seemingly out of nowhere, a giant squid-like creature came falling from the sky, crushing a majority of the fair growers. The shock wave sent out the impact, reducing the surrounding five-mile area to dust. They were all dead. Ozymandias watched from the monitor. He rubbed his chin and looked at some numbers at the bottom of the monitor. It worked perfectly, said an older gentleman in a lab coat. Excellent, said Ozymandias, stroking his chin as his lip formed an evil grin. Prep the larger one. We'll launch in November. All right, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Silver Linings Playcast, the only podcast that I know and is solely devoted to talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and Silver Linings Playbook, the book. The Silver Linings Playbook, the book. If you have any questions, you can email us at uh, silverliningsplaycast at gmail.com. 
And you can also check us out on all of social media. We are on Facebook and we got a page, Instagram, all that good stuff. We'll be back next week with, um, yeah, hopefully an interview. All right. Until next time, we'll see you down the road and Excelsior. He's kind of crazy. She's a little insane. Keeping Kennedy really messes with his brain. One is divorced. The other's husband is dead. That's why it's so messed up in the head. It's a Silver Linings Playcast. Oh, yeah.